You got your, your C's candy and your bourbon in front of you? Man, I wish. Sounds pretty, sounds pretty good. Gross. Actually, I feel like dunking a, one, a, a pumpkin spice Ghirardelli square in some fireball is probably... Mm. <laughs> Seems kind of... Kinda... So- sounds like if I was 23, that'd be something I'd I'd maybe be into, but mm. being... Now that you're 50. 33, I think. Um, isn't, isn't, your, isn't your birthday in December? or when, when is it? It's uh, the 17th, yeah. I have not willingly logged into Facebook in two years, so I don't remember people's birthdays anymore. Yeah, I'm pretty bad about that, too. About birthdays or using Facebook? Oh, no, I'm good about not using Facebook. Oh, um, good, good, good. Um, I'm bad about um, remembering people's birthdays. Yeah. And I'm always reminded of that when I stay with my grandma, because what she does is she, every year she takes a calendar that she newly buys and she by hand transfers over everyone's birthday. That's so gosh darn adorable. Well, yeah, and not only you know obviously recording the date, but also indicating how old they'll be that year. Or she does that for um, anniversaries too. And then every time I see that, I go, "Yeah, I'm I'm a bad person." Well, but, no, you just have the most wholesome grandmother. <laughs> I do. That's true. Okay, so that part's staying in. <laughs> there's no, there's nothing proprietary about that and that's much better than the opener i had um all right we were rolling on that right yeah that's what they call it in the biz I, I think i think we did the thing although i didn't hear you clap so who knows yeah yeah um oh, that brings up a, a thing about the daily but i'm gonna let it go um okay so <laughs> the the backup opener the original opener was going to be um i have a couple of questions slash rules about watching tv and movies so this goes off of because I, I brought this up to somebody else recently who was talking about they were behind on or it, they were interested in watching Succession and they had watched previous seasons, but they said they had forgotten most of what had happened. And I brought up, I forget if we had a name for it, but your um, idea that in advance of a show that you like, you watch the final two episodes of the prior season. Was that it? Yeah, so the the ideal there, there's kind of you know there's shorter versions of this if you've run into some time constraints, but the ideal version of this is you read the Wikipedia summaries of each episode from the previous season, and then you how read, long are those generally? They're pretty short, which is kind of why I that's usually a, a go to source. Or if you know if there's some other like TV site that you read that does you know episode mm-hmm. recaps or whatever, like that's fine too. Although those are usually a little bit longer um but you know you do you oh. um that's smart yeah this is like uh like seven sentences each episode that's great yeah and then um you rewatch ideally the last two episodes of the previous season you know if you if you only have time for one that's fine too i've i've done that but ideally i think two is, is the right number and then yeah i i think after doing that you you end up feeling much better prepared and the stuff that you you need to remember that maybe you still didn't pick up, you know, those will, that'll get picked up in like, you know, the little recaps they usually do or just, you know, as you're going along. Yeah. But did that ever get a name? Well, I, th- I think I think that was where we did the whole bit where I wanted to call it the Ryan Doctrine. Well, there's no then, bit. It's just, that's already your iPhone thing. That's my iPhone very, thing. It's very um, flawed and very, very, very late stage capitalism. And but. then I, I probably made some, you know, bad joke about, prisoner's dilemma and then you got mad so i we probably didn't come up with a name for it now 
to be honest, this entire show could be renamed, quote, and you got mad. <laughs> Technically not wrong. Okay, but I, I have, I know mean, I don't have a name for these, but I have, I have two rules. And this, again, this has come up in a lot of conversations recently. Uh, I'm a huge advocate as somebody who's in my late 30s and maybe doesn't hear as well as he used to. Um, watching TV and movies with the subtitles on, regardless of time of day and volume. Hmm, okay. Do you have a do you have an instant judgment I, or I, no? I'm not. I'm not. I mean, I'm, I also as someone whose hearing is not spectacular and it's probably not going to get better over time. I mean, I'm not. I'm not going to hate on that either. Um, but I, I I find subtitles to be distracting. So if I can hmm. get away with not using them, which you know, fortunately, I can still do. Um that's that's the direction i go but um because yeah i i find them distracting if i don't need them so i joke a little bit about the hearing thing initially it isn't even really that but i feel like and i think gruber linked to something about this recently is that like just movies are getting harder to hear or like dialogue is less clear there's, these days there's a lot of bad sound mixing i actually something or, i've really noticed i don't know if you picked up on this at all um um, I don't know, maybe the versions that you watch that fall off the back of a truck are a bit different right, than the ones right. you get from Apple TV Plus directly. But for whatever reason, this most recent episode or season rather of Ted Lasso was really quiet. Like I would have to really, really crank up the volume compared to like anything else we watched on Apple TV or otherwise. Um which was very, I don't know, very strange. So anyway, yeah, sound sound mixing is is very inconsistent, and and you know, obviously, especially if you're watching something like with a bunch of action and stuff, you get the very like well, isn't typical isn't thing this... of you know action being really loud, but then dialogue being really quiet. Well, but isn't that the whole? And that feels like it's up your alley, isn't that like the phenomenon of like the whole Atmos thing, where like wide range of both where the sound is coming from and how loud action versus dialogue is mixed is like, well, but that was all like a 5.1, 7.1 at most thing of why stuff just is not mixed. Well, but you get, you got to watch stuff that's mixed in that, which is, you know, What's, that's, I when mean, you're, I'm, I'm, you know, not you know, the holiday baking championship on HTTV, for example, is not, it does not offer Dolby Atmos. So is that a preview of a show special? <laughs> no, but it, it could be. That's, that's a delightful show. Yeah. So yeah, so I mean, I'm very much into that. I, I the one caveat or, or concession I would make to you is that I don't find it distracting. But if it was a show, like I don't think I would do it with Better Call Saul because that's a show that visually is very. I don't even think beautiful is the word, but it's very intentional, and the um the framing, like just like the whole like the screen is like the canvas or whatever um, film film studies majors would say. But if it's just like, I mean, Succession is a very, very good show in, in many, many reasons, but it's not like a, something like that visually where if there's some clutter on the bottom of, of dialogue, I feel like the ben the net benefit is it's in favor of having subtitles on. I, I actually really, and this is probably the only thing I use Siri for on Apple TV, the, the whole like, what you did that what, person what did just say thing? thing? Yeah, yeah. Like that, that feature is, that's pretty neat. Yeah, I've actually literally never tried that. Um, but yeah, it actually works as designed. It does. Yeah, no. It, does it have a Does it have a limit? Like, sorry, does it only work in 
like an iTunes rental or the Apple TV app, or like would it work in the like HBO Max or Amazon Video apps? I th- I think it works with like most major apps. Like I th- yeah. I think the developer does have to build support for it, but I think most major apps have. Okay. And then my other rule or thing that I've I've noticed is I I don't watch many movies, but um, I'm extremely particular about not if I have to get up and refill a beverage or do something, I will not, I will hit pause, but I won't, I will turn away from the TV because I don't like knowing how much is left in a movie. Mm. Is that, is that insane or is that? No, especially a movie that, you know, is very like plot driven or like you don't exactly really know where it's going. Because you don't want to know that they're like, they're going to do like a fake out or there's a thing because like you, like you were, you think the movie is going to wrap up on its own, but you're like, Oh, there's 45 minutes left. So whatever is about to happen is not going to be near the ending. No, I'll give you, I'll give you like an example of this, which I don't, maybe you'll laugh at, but so this, this new matrix movie is coming out, uh, two weeks from today, actually. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to know anything about it. I don't, I don't want to know the runtime. I don't want to know nothing. So, so yeah, I I get that. <laughs> um, yeah, but like it's just like yeah, it's, it gives away too much, and I like I deal like I'm again I'm a very infrequent movie watcher. Like um, at the recommendation of somebody, I watched uh, that Dune movie. Mm. And have you seen it? Mm-mm. I'm not a movie guy. I don't know. Like, and I don't like sci-fi. But uh, on IMDb, give it or like what, what's is it out of ten or out of five or out of four? What's <laughs> what's the rating for movies? Uh, 98 i think well no i know always whenever like you would see like and this is another phenomenon of getting old like back in the 90s when you were just watching tv you'd always see like the 30 second ads for movies and they would always say like oh the chicago sun times gave a four out of four whatevers where movies were always rated on a scale of four stars but i think that letterboxed website that film nerds use is out of five stars and imdb is out of 10 Mm. but not stars anyway yeah, Dune was a good movie. Like, I don't like, like, I think Dune is, I don't know if it's supposed to be Star Wars in a desert. And I do understand, or somebody told me that I understand that Star Wars does sort of take place in a desert because that's where the the tattoo dudes live. But like, I don't know, like it was, I would say it's a solid uh, 7.9 out of 10. Hmm. Yeah, good, good musical score. I didn't, there's that, uh french pretty actor guy i like i still like i didn't i didn't necessarily think i was gonna believe him in that main role but it was was pretty good so i think i've missed the window to watch it right because so can can i so i i did as well and um this happened to have fallen off a truck because Mm. i don't watch like i i have had a continuous or there's been no lapse in my hbo max subscription in three years and to be honest other than succession having just come back i haven't opened that app in god knows how long so i feel zero guilt in watching something six weeks after it was released versus four thank that's, you jason that, kylar that's probably fair um how does it do you know how it works on hbo max is it like they, they're, it's a new release is or i mean at least for this year like the new release is out there for 30 days then it goes it comes, off and then it but then it comes back right and it comes back after like the home Blu-ray yeah window so like lap. 60 so days later or months. something it comes back no i thought the because uh i thought they were gonna like try to shorten the the actual theatrical exclusivity window 
but that still meant like home release depending on the movie was going to be like four to six months oh you think okay huh because i think it's not it's because it's not just how long it's in theaters there is there's usually a window where it's no longer in theaters but they're still waiting for somebody to make all the vhs tapes or whatever yeah well okay well, I, I could i could probably look this up but <laughs> And they have to they have to put all the tapes in the little race car rewinder after they've <laughs> recorded it in the studio. Be be kind, rewind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, young people are never going to know what that means. Nope. Yeah, um, we um we were at the lady friend's parents' house last week, and you know they had pulled out all the all the Christmas stuff, of course, and that includes a pile of Christmas CDs and uh, the new <laughs> housemate saw one of these and, and and picked it up and was kind of holding it and, and like my first thought was like you're gonna have no idea like what this is <laughs> uh we're old well not really but i mean she she just, she just stared at it wondering like she could eat it like, like what, <laughs> what i mean i assume you can because like what, like because you or i mean i like i no longer you still have gaming consoles but i have yeah i literally I, have i mean nothing, my, cause i replaced my mac mini i have nothing that takes a disc no i mean like i mean this you know the pc that i built for flight simulator like i mean it doesn't have an optical drive so like with with windows I, there is a way you can like um put it on a thumb drive but it, i i couldn't be bothered by looking all that up and and doing all that so i i have a like a usb dvd drive that i've had like forever and so i you is know just bought a disc and, hmm is it Rocketfish branded? Uh, that one's not Rocketfish branded, no. Okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's other than, yeah, other than the Xbox, that's that's the only way I have to, to play any kind of optical disc in the house. Yeah. All right, so yeah, rules for watching TV and movies. Keep the subtitles on like an old person and uh, don't look at how long is left. And also, if you're uh, uh, if your attention and brain are broken like mine, uh, put your phone in another room. Yeah, I, I've I've been kind of in into that recently too. Where in the evening, my phone will just kind of get left in like the living room or whatever, and then I put my Apple Watch on the charger, and then I just don't I just don't come back to either of those until the end of the night. And yeah, that that is Ooh. a good tip. You gotta let me know when that happens so I can uh, start doing some fitness stuff. So if, you, if you're getting zero zero calories or zero active calories, that's that's my time to shine. <laughs> um, ah, there was one other thing related to that. Oh, quick iOS 15 thing. I do one one quality of life improvement related to do not disturb on iOS 15 is that I guess my understanding previously of how it worked was it wouldn't like buzz or um tap you for a notification but if you like tap if you opened your phone it would immediately show what you hadn't seen but on ios 15 it actually like hides all of it mm-hmm. so that you only see those like that uh the notifications while you're away until you actually turn off do not disturb which i think is actually very nice yeah you know i I, I'm pretty sure I kind of poo-pooed the whole like focus thing when it was first Ugh. announced at WWDC and again when iOS 15 came out. But I actually have to say I've I've come around to it where I now have like sleep, of course, regular do not disturb, fitness. Um, 
I have a new one that I created for, I was at an event over the weekend. And so I created this new one that I think I just called like, I don't know, social or something. And it, it basically was just like a mode where I'm out somewhere and, you know, I don't, I don't want any New York Times notifications. I don't want any Bleacher Report notifications. Like I just want text messages from like a couple of people and like my smart home stuff that only ever sends me notifications if something is wrong. Um, and that like that actually is like that's pretty that's pretty nice to have all that stuff. Yeah, how but, huh. Is it as like I, is it as much of a pain in the ass to set up as it looks? No, not not really. I because well, then how do you how do you whittle a window down the settings or what apps are allowed to? Because like I always get like uh, just panic attacks whenever I go to settings notifications and it's just this big alphabetical list of like 150 apps and I'm just like no, I don't want to deal with this. Is well, it any I, better I have, than that? I have. Um, well, yeah, it is sort of. So you can basically do the app thing one of two ways. You can have any app send you what it deems to be the, um, like, what do they call it? Like time sensitive notifications. Yeah. I, I have those turned off for all the different focus modes I have because I'm I'm not going to be bothered to like go and try and figure out which notifications all of my apps deem to be time sensitive. So I just turn that off entirely and the other way to do it is you can just pick individual apps that you want to allow through. But you like does it give you like a little cuz my my phone is across the room so I'm not distracted during the show. Um does it give does it give you like a little search box? Like how do you because I feel like rather than having to say i don't want notifications from like a hundred apps how what's the process for choosing the ones you do want to allow uh let's take a look here so settings on my social um focus mode like pretend you wanted to now allow slack notifications which feels like the worst idea but yeah yeah so that you you are presented with um three things you're presented a search box mm-hmm. you're presented with a list of suggestions which you can probably promptly ignore because all <laughs> suggestions in ios mm-hmm. are bad and then an alphabetical list of all your apps so okay you have options all right related to that um yeah the one thing that i don't like and i, and I think i put this in the slack is that i hate these things where i'm texting somebody and at the bottom, it will say uh, this person has snooze notifications or, or that notifications are silenced. I, I don't mind that people are sharing that. But the thing is, I think nobody has consciously chosen to share that because I thought I wasn't sharing that. And I had to go in and check that. And, and actually, you are auto opted in to sharing your do not disturb status. I don't like that at all. Like, I mean, I... I yeah, I, I yeah, two thumbs down to that. Yeah, I had noticed an uptick in that as well over the last week or so. Yeah, I was like wondering, like, what is is everybody like now just super like? <laughs> did somebody like listen to like Mac Power users and they're all or, like ATP and they're all super into focus modes? Because like, um, no offense, or I mean, like uh, my uh, like my f- friends are of differing technical. Some people don't think about their phone at all, and some people are like you. Like, and I was like, why do all these people have all this shit configured? I'm like, how, who, who gave the seminar on how to 
take back their their attention. And I think it's just that iOS 15.1 just turned that on for everybody without asking. I, you know, I think it is when you go to, like when you install iOS 15 and you, you open the messages app for the first time, I think you're prompted with a, with like a box that basically says, Hey, and you, I think what it probably is, is people just don't read that and just, just tap. (laughs) Well, but I, I hit no on that because no, like when, when that popped up, it asks you, because there's that, um, there's this, another feature I've turned off in iOS 15, which is the one where, um, like it tries to add, like if you text me a picture, it tries to add it to my camera roll, which I don't want that at all. It's oh, that how, one. How where, dare you? The photos I send you are great. No, no. I, well, I mean, but those are in Slack. We, 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 text, we text once every two years. Which is, which is usually, hey, I'm at the restaurant. <laughs> Basically. Because you, you don't think Slack's push notifications will work properly, which is not <laughs> wrong. Um. I like this that there's been this bug for a year with Slack on iOS where if I if if somebody if there's messages and then I check them on my computer the badge on the Slack iOS icon will never go away. Oh no, that's that's been it's been more, broken it's for been two years. More than a year. Yeah, that's that's it's, I think it's been like 3 years. Yeah, but no, but there's that so on iOS like the the things that you get the first just cuz I've had a lot of experience having to uh, with upgraded iOS 15 devices is that it prompts you like if you want to i don't know if it's called all in or or shared with me or something the one where it's like if somebody sends you a link or i messages you a link it will then show up in like your safari reading list or it's something there's supposed to be something sh- shared where, with me yeah 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 so that's the only thing that it pops up with it, it doesn't ask you anything about focus modes and i guarantee i i would have said no if something did pop up but yeah i was opted into sharing my status with every um because there's three like pre-installed focus modes which is a standard do not disturb fitness and sleep of which i only use do not disturb and that's only because sometimes i just don't want my watch buzzing during dinner or something anyway yeah thumbs down to that all right um eh, we'll do some follow-up and then we'll circle back to another fun non-deck topic all right um you're a gaming dude. Mm. Uh, what can you tell me? What the deal is with um, trying to buy a game console right now? Because I I don't know if we ever talked about it on the show, but a cup like maybe a month ago, didn't Best Buy launch like an Amazon Prime competitor, sort of? And they said like one of the perks was that that would give you first chance to buy like a PS5. I there's there are now a couple of retailers that are doing this i think walmart's been leaning into this too during the holiday season where it's like hey we're getting getting the playstations and the xboxes in but it's exclusive to uh you know whatever the walmart plus subscription thing is um so yeah i think best buy best buy maybe was early to that game but they're not the only ones doing it now into some real-time follow-up yes it's actually called walmart plus of course (laughs) (laughs) oh man um, um so i mean so the deal with the consoles is when it when a new version of a console comes out they're always really hard to get there's always you know limited supply as you know either sony or microsoft or nintendo are ramping up production and you know demand is obviously really high when consoles first come out but then you know generally it's dependent on the generation but you know after some number of months they you know become more easy to get um but you know 
the PlayStation 5 and the Xbox Series X came out at, you know, obviously a very unique time, um, that being um, around this time last year, or maybe November of last year. Um, so, you know, you had you had that initial couple of months where they were hard to get, which, again, is just kind of part of the normal you know launch process of a console. But then, you know, during the time where normally supplies would start to pick up and they'd be easier to find that's really where like the supply chain stuff started kicking in and the the chip shortage stuff has been happening and so they've you know these consoles have basically just continued to be really really hard to find Hmm. looking at looking at this verge article i totally forgot that sony is selling what they call a digital only version of the console that's a hundred dollars cheaper as though like the blu-ray disc that you're sticking into the regular one is somehow like analog bits or something well to be honest it's clearer than what microsoft has done well, where you don't have they the have series... like series s series x which are very similar letters in, in sound and don't like don't they have also like two like one s's or something it, well there that's like the preview like the xbox one s is like the previous generation xbox which is the which is the one i have and then now the xbox series x and series s is the latest generation xbox but it's it's kind of a like pro versus pro max situation with the m1 chips Mm -hmm. where the series x is like the best and series s is is good but like you know not not as good as the series x well um don't they know the rule of threes? You need good, better, best. You will pick the middle one. <laughs> Basically, yeah. Although I, I think the consensus is usually like if you're going to do it, get the Series X. I, I haven't really followed this stuff as closely as I used to. But so wait, do you not have any of the current gen consoles? No. Mm-mm. Oh, I'm so proud of you. I know, and I nice. It's it's been a it's like like I was just saying, it's been a little over a year, and um, I've had no itch to to get one although the i think what's i think the main reason for that i mean i'd like to give myself credit for just maturing and and you know <laughs> understanding that i'm never going to have time to use them and so why would i buy one um, you can just leave it at that i could just leave it at that but i think the real reason honestly is that you know i built this pc last year and there there are very very few games these days that only come out on console that don't come out on pc there's some, mm. but it's it's a very small number now. So if there really was ever a game that I wanted to check out, like and actually even this like a new Halo game came out this week and it's not like super priority for me, but like it's gotten some really good reviews. And, you know, I, I played Halo when I was a kid and so I, it's a little nostalgic. So I'd, I'd like to, you know, turn that on um, and I and it, it's on the PC. So I, I could just, you know, I can play it on my computer if I want to. So I don't really, I don't need a new Xbox to do that. And, you know, my, the PC that I built, you know, pretty decent. So it, it would play pretty much anything as good or better than a, you know, a series X would. So do you have one of those, the RTX 3090s or whatever the, what's, yeah. what, isn't that the coveted one that everybody's well, it's like, it's like, yeah, the, the 3080 is kind of like the, that's like the main one. And then, you know, basically the 3090 is, is really meant more for like pro video work. Cause it's got like more video memory and stuff, but 
it was the only one I could find when video cards also were impossible to find last year and apparently are still that way this year. So I'm I'm glad I at least got that out of the way last year. Neat. All right. Um that's kind of a bee in my bonnet. There was a really silly well it was actually it was a, it was an entirely fine story in the San Francisco Chronicle that came out yesterday or uh, yesterday or maybe the day before. The story is actually fine. My complaint here is not necessarily not just with the Chronicle but also the New York Times. With the Omicron variant right now, it feels like the people that are pro, that are that are um laying out like the main page of uh, nytimes.com or sending out the push alerts there's some some like thirsty clickbaiting type stuff going out there like i don't remember what the exact push notification the chronicle sent out was and it was specifically about marin county and rising case rates um let me this paragraph is like it, it, the, the lead paragraph makes total sense so Marin County's COVID-19 case rates have more than doubled in the past 10 days and are now the highest in the Bay Area. But the county, which is one of the highest vaccination rates in the country, is not seeing a rise in hospitalizations or death, illustrating what is perhaps the region's clearest example of vaccinations successfully preventing the worst COVID outcomes. That seems like a positive story, correct? Right. The push notification did not make it sound that way at all. Mm-hmm. I don't know. So I I don't really have a, anything to add, but like I just... I just I I get grouchy and 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 annoyed with um what feels like a lot of endless articles that are not based off of new information and if you read all of it is maybe a lot more nuanced than what's going out into the push alert or the headline and I just feel like it's exceptionally bad this go around I don't know. Yeah, we were talking about this some um, online offline. I I just think with COVID in particular, it's just it's the type of story where you've really got to lean in as you would say to the nuance where, you know, pulling out your kind of clickbaity headlines like COVID's not the subject to to do that for particularly because it's, you know, still a very much a public health emergency and you know, I mean, the media, I think in general should be, you know, I mean, obviously fact-based, but also sort of presenting information in sort of a complete and sort of neutral way. And, you know, having sort of alarmist or, you know, surprising headlines, especially with something like COVID, where there's so much disinformation and as you were saying, it's you've really got to read through the details to actually kind of get to get to the point because it's a complicated subject. It's just it's yeah, I, I'm with you. It's 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 frustrating, and it's it's felt particularly frustrating the last couple of weeks. Yeah the the exact title or or clickbaity headline was COVID cases are rising quickly in highly vaccinated Marin, which immediately you read that you're like, oh yeah, vaccines are a hoax or, right. or they don't work. Here's why the mask mandate isn't coming back. Oh, because bureaucrats don't want to protect the safety of the public. No, it's because fucking vaccines work. So the, it's just it's sloppy and lousy. And, and I'm not gonna be one of those people that like threatens to cancel their New York Times subscription anytime. Like, well, that's a moderate writes yeah. an op-ed. But like it, the, and again, I but it's 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 dumb. 
it's I, I i'm with you like i i've the new york the new york times it has been a um a publication that i've been frustrated with the last couple of weeks i'm not going to cancel my subscription or anything and i don't i don't think they're terrible or fake news or any of that but i just i do wish some of the some of the covid stuff has been handled a bit better the media the I'm going to say this inelegantly. The media is always really horny for a new variant story. Well, no, it, it's true because I mean, I because we we went we we did this we did this last year too with beta, right? It was like instead of being right around Thanksgiving, it was right around Christmas last year, and it was it was kind of the the same thing, um, where there was just this rush to to get headlines out where we didn't really have any information, um. Yeah, it's it's been yeah, been a tough been a tough uh, few years for news outlets, let's say. Yeah, sorry, I was looking for a link to put in the show notes, but yeah, the the, the Times also uh, also put last Thursday uh, a push alert to everybody in America. Uh, San Francisco followed the COVID rules to the letter. Will Omicron change the playbook? Fuck off. Well, yeah, well, um, there. I think I think it was maybe the Chronicle that had like a headline about. Like something about like, should you take more precautions oh, outdoors? Like, and like, and uh, should you like, now should you start wearing an N95 mask everywhere? Like, fuck like, off! Like, and, and like, I mean, listen, like, I I am very very cautious with COVID stuff. Like, I, I'm I on a spectrum of you know the most cautious. I'm certainly have to be in the top ten percent, maybe top five percent. So like, you know, I'm I'm not you know trying to be flippant about any of this stuff, but. I'm also, you know, I try, I try to be science and fact-based, Carlos, and, you know, I'm not going to be wearing an N95 mask outside, is what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. Moral of the story, listen to friend of the show, Bob. Mm -hmm. One Amen of the good Bobs. Not, 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 not the bad Disney Bobs. The good Bob. <laughs> um, anyway, his, his deal is, if you're not vaccinated, get vaccinated. Uh, if you're not boosted, get boosted. That is the one other thing, which is that remember there was a whole thing about people were saying like booster shots were a bad idea, and it was, anyway that was that was, yeah, was that was not, so that was that so two thousand and late. But anyway, yeah. Yeah, yeah, all right. Moving on, we have because we have no actual main content this week, so we're all that's why we're we're bullshitting a bunch. Um, I have no horse in this race. I you know I don't like Disneyland or Disney World, but apparently the whole I can you give me a refresher? I don't even remember what genie plus was was that the <laughs> thing where the guys were saying that this is transformational and somehow it's going to charge you 20 dollars a day or some what is genie plus and why are, why is everybody mad at it all right so you know we'll give we'll give the people context which is what we like to do here so when disney world and disneyland reopened after being closed at the beginning of the pandemic they didn't bring um fast passes back um and you know for a while it seemed like well you know they were they were capping capacity at such a low number that it just it kind of made sense that fast passes really weren't necessary because i mean obviously they they were there for like busier days in the park but you know months and months especially in the case of disney world which you know opened like the middle of last year went by and fast passes you know never came back and so <laughs> people kind of started getting suspicious about well, maybe fast passes just aren't coming back. And 
Disney was asked about it and they were always kind of coy and said, oh, well, you know, well, we don't have anything to announce now, but, but we will. And so I guess this was a couple of months ago now. They announced that they, in fact, were not bringing back the old FastPass system, and they they actually weren't bringing back any sort of free FastPass system, and instead they were going to replace uh, Skip the Line access with Genie Plus. So you follow me so far, right? Because this is but this is where it gets really complicated. Does does that imply there's a non plus version of Genie? Yeah. So there there is this there's a like I think it's a separate app or maybe it's just like in the case of Disneyland, maybe it's part of like the core Disneyland app, but there's like there's the Genie service, which you can use to make dining reservations and to like plan out your day, that sort of thing. And then Genie Plus is this um, it's a little bit different at Disney World, but I'll just speak, you know, as a Californian, I'll speak to Disneyland. It's it's 20 bucks a day, I think. 20, 25 bucks a day? I think it's 20 bucks a day. Um, and that, $20, $20 per day per person, I should say. Um, and that... Wait, what? Yeah, so if you got four... So if you're a family of five, you can, shoot, you can be bilked for an extra $100 just to not... C- wow. Correct. Yeah. Um, on yeah. top of tickets that are a hundred and forty dollars a person, uh, more more than that. Um, okay. Yeah. So it's a real time follow up. It's it's fifteen bucks per person per day at Disney World, and it's twenty dollars per person per day at Disneyland. Um, and so what that does is that gives you access to essentially what used to be fa- you know fast passes on select rides. So now where you know you used to you know, just be able to get a fast pass as anybody who went inside the park. Now you only have the ability to get a, you know, skip the line ticket. If you've paid this 20 bucks to have genie plus. So that's one piece of it. So then the other piece of it though, is that genie plus in and of itself doesn't get you skip the line privileges for every ride. Um, The very most popular rides you actually have to pay per skip the line use. So you actually, so the, 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 the fast passes is no longer a term that's being used now. They're called lightning lanes. And so there are lightning lanes that are included as part of Disney plus, but then there are other lightning (laughs) or thank you. (laughs) There are other lightning lanes where you actually have to separately pay for those and the pricing on those is dynamic depending on the day and i think they range from like seven to eighteen dollars or something like that and again that that's you know per person and that's a it's a one-time use um so here's here's where it gets really good um the other kicker with this service is that Everything I described, just you know, buying into the Genie Plus thing, starting to make your reservations for rides that are included in that service, as well as starting to make your reservations for these separate kind of a la carte lightning lane purchases you have to make. All of that's on a first come, first serve basis. And so the way that this works is 
I think that the app that you use to do this is it's, you know, uses your location, right? So you, you have to physically be at the park in order to, to have access to any of this stuff mm -hmm. at, and it starts at 7am. So in order to, especially for more popular attractions, in order to, you know, get, get a time slot, you've got to physically be at the park at, 7 a.m. And I think the earliest Disneyland opens is like 8. So there's that part of it too, which just seems kind of crummy. <laughs> um, and so then on, on top of all this, um, so I guess the other thing to say is that, so Genie Plus has been operating at Disney World for um at least a month now maybe longer than that and i i think it's been fine like i haven't seen anything that's indicated it's it's been you know had any trouble um it launched at disneyland today and was evidently just a complete like outright disaster like it reminded me a lot of um what the apple store used to be like back in the you know iphone 3gs iphone four days where Wait. well so, so i'm sorry so is the issue that like there are people are just getting like an app that just like won't load or they, they <laughs> yeah like yeah oh so it's not even like the the constraints of you have to be there and time of day it's just that you open it and buzz lightyear's lego kingdom <laughs> featuring ray doesn't doesn't do the thing it's just that the app doesn't work yeah exactly mm. does disneyland yeah. have like have like cell repeaters like is cell service really good at disneyland Feels like that would also matter too. I don't know when the last uh, it's time you've been, been was. It's been a couple years since I've been, and I'm just I'm not on my phone all that much when I'm there, so I you know don't well, really. It kind of feels like one of those things like you're like you're at uh, Pac Bell Park, and like sometimes like the cell service just doesn't work just by the sheer like the coverage is good, but just the sheer volume of people means that it won't work. So therefore, like, kind of feels like Disneyland would have to have a bunch of like repeaters and extra capacity if they're expecting now. Like, how many people are at the park? on an average day 30,000 I mm. think like max capacity at Disneyland is maybe like 20 something thousand yeah so if, if now like an integral experience of your like park going thing is that you have to be on your phone trying to give give the mouse $20 to be able to ride the ride that you paid $164 to ride and then you also have to have more capacity for that too but yeah anyway yeah it sucks yeah. So, um, yeah, not, not great. Um, the, the, I, I would sort of think that the, that time of day thing maybe will change because like, I mean, I'll be honest, like what, what Disneyland used to have, and they, they had this the last time that I was there was um a service called max pass where you could still you know you could still you know just not pay anything and get fast passes and the way that system used to work and we talked we were talking about cds earlier talk about a system that's going to sound ancient to you know this next generation now like you used to like physically walk up to a ride they had these little kiosks and you'd, you would, you know, scan your ticket 
and it would print out like a paper ticket with you know your, your the time that you were supposed to come back and then you'd physically bring that you know paper ticket back to the ride when it was your turn and then that's what would give you front of the line access and the thing with max pass was you could skip that part of the process and you could instead just book fast pass reservations just right from your phone um which was which was really convenient especially like you know if you were in California Adventure and you wanted to book a fast pass for a ride in Disneyland like instead of you know going all the way over to the other park you could just do that right from your phone and so like that that whole concept is like I'm not against that and I think maybe we also talked about this um when the service was first announced like almost I think every other major theme park except for Disney has always had front of the line services be a separate paid service like six flags has been like this i think like ever since we were in high school i think universal's been like this forever so like it's not it, it's not something that disney's doing egregiously different than anybody else but it just seems like some of the details with how this is being done is are, are not perfect and then you've also got the element of it which is you know disney's already the most expensive theme park to go to and then so you've got you know these fees on top of that too so yeah pretty lousy i you're 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 a disney fan and you're also i think a, ca- a cautious per capitalist um would would you agree that it would just be better for them just to raise ticket prices and avoid all this shit um like, cause do, like, do, do people like other than rich people, do they, does, is anybody happy about this other than people who just have money to burn? Like, I feel like this, this is just an automatic, like just, it takes the experience down a notch for everybody. Well, so maybe, I mean, I, I guess just continuing to raise ticket prices would be one way one way to 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 do this but the 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 core issue with Disneyland and this was happening you know pre covid Disneyland was just it was just too damn crowded and the the existing system around fast passes and even like them introducing max pass like none of that was sufficient enough to to just make it feel like you were just waiting forever um for um to ride anything like even like when when star wars land opened um god when was that i guess it was like may of 2019 i mean it was like this crazy process to get inside of it where you like i think like you had to make a reservation just like just to get inside the area but then like that didn't even obviously include any kind of wait time for rides and so Disney needed to do something, I think, to kind of rethink crowd management in the parks. And I, one thing they've done, you know, post reopening is you know, reservations are required now. And it kind of seems like they're going to just keep those. And that I think that's smart. Um, are required to be in a certain part of the park? Or what to, do you, what to, to retire to get in the parks. Like when you buy a ticket now, you're buying a ticket for a specific day. Oh, that wasn't the case before? So, I mean, like, you know, us growing up, tickets were just just tickets. So you could buy a ticket and and maybe it had an expiration date at some point, but you could generally just use it any day. 
Um, Got it. A couple of years ago, or maybe a few years ago at this point, they changed to a dynamic pricing system where you basically bought like a t- kind of like a tier of ticket where, you know, based on the price you paid, it was good kind of on certain days, um, but not like a specific day. And then that can't be used on holidays, can't be used on weekends or like peak summer or something. Yeah, exactly. Um, But now when you, now when you want to go, you have to buy a ticket, which I think still has that same kind of tiered system as before, but then you also need to book a reservation for a specific day that obviously is a day that, you know, your ticket's good for. Got it. And then I put one other link in the um, in the private channel that you can put in the show notes, which it seems it's it's uh, it's different than the one that that was in the original article. But yeah, it's got it's got a good bit of um, disdain for the system while also explaining things in detail from a Disney fan. Yeah, I mean, I I don't like I I I don't really want to just like outright dismiss you know, articles like this. And there there are lots of valid points, many of which I agree with. But I, I guess like the thing that I think people need to realize is that takes like this and pushback like this, it, it doesn't matter. Like, Oh, sure. They're, they're like, you look at the crowds at, at Disney world in particular, like they, with between like the holiday season and they're doing like this 50th anniversary thing and like Disneyland also is kind of ramping up like I mean people can't wait to go to these parks like they're you know re- reserve you know reserve re- uh, reservations to Disneyland which we were just talking about those have been sold out for the entire month of December for a while now so but you know, it, it's there. There are going to be some people who are unhappy, and they're going to have very valid reasons to be unhappy. But the reason Disney can do this is because there are going to be, you know, a hundred times the number of people who are perfectly willing to put up with this. Eh. Okay. So one quick, we we gotta move on. But with but one thing with that, I I feel like if there was enough public pressure or public awareness, because I feel like this is the type of thing that somebody would probably only find out about when they're looking at like one of the Disney blogs or something of like, of like once they've been 85% like settled on their trip and then they find out there's all these baggage fees and all like all, all the crap that goes with it. Like this is not on the tin where I feel like most people thinking of going to Disneyland, this isn't like uh, in, in big letters at Disney.com slash parks or whatever. But yeah, I mean, I like so let me let me ask you. So once once the housemate turns five or something, like, are you looking forward to just like lighting four grand on fire to have like a a three day Disney experience? Like, is that something that personally is like very high up on your list as of like life experiences that you think she needs to have? Yeah, yeah, it's a lot of. My, but but then I guess and that, that's my point, which is that. If if it seems more honest to just raise the price, isn't like isn't that the whole like the the French Laundry thing or like or like like a tasting menu or like just something like where you understand that like at a two Michelin star restaurant or whatever that it's going to be super fucking expensive, but other than like wine, like you're not really going to get nickel and dimed and fucked over as much. Like that's the part where I I think that this is 
hard or just just raise the price yeah no i i don't i don't disagree with that because um, un- unless you're ultra wealthy i don't know anybody who's going to be jazzed about the fact that my kid wants to ride this ride but oh shit it's surge pricing remember how much people hated uber for surge pricing mm-hmm. like that you now that again riding the teacups or, or uh, splash magic mountain or whatever is going to cost you an extra what, what's what's 17 times four like that's that sucks an extra 68 bucks just because something's busy well you know the the, the crazy thing with all this too is like when you kind of just take a step back and look at what they've done at, at a just a high level they've done one of the kind of hardest things to do which is take something that was free or you know I guess probably said said a bit better. Take take some take something that there had previously been no additional charge for, yeah. And adding an additional charge to it, well, like they, they, in some ways it would have been probably easier to just raise ticket prices because then you're able to still have the talking <laughs> wait, point. Of, whoa, 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 whoa! I'm sorry. Are you pivoting to this as, as being a compliment? Well, I mean, yeah, no. I'm saying I'm saying it's a valid point, but I'm also just saying I guess I'm I'm also reiterating what I said, which is that. It's Disney, and it, it, there's well, I, there's so many people who are so excited about going to these parks that they can they can almost do no wrong. But then I guess like this is this feels like let's 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 put it in a more practical example. Like, are, are do you feel that you were somebody who was cheering United for having pioneered basic economy because that's what this is? They made their absurdly expensive regular tickets. Like it's like you you can't even take a carry on on. Or sorry, you don't you don't get one checked back. Whatever basic economy, you you don't get to pick your seat, and you don't yeah you don't get to carry on either. Yeah, that's what that's what this is. And everybody everybody hates airlines, and everybody it's the same damn thing. Yeah, basic economy is a lot cheaper than going to Disneyland. <laughs> well, but you take your basic economy flight so that you can pay for the Genie Plus on your vacation. <laughs> it all comes around. No, right. I mean, it's, and you know, it's, I mean, it, it, look, like, it's, I don't want to be, like, flip about this either. Like, it, it, it's rough. I mean, it, Disneyland, Disneyland is completely and utterly inaccessible to most people now. And that's, you know, it, that's a shame. But then I, also what I've said in the past, too, <laughs> is it's been that way for a long time. And it's it's a bit more egregious now, perhaps, but Disneyland and Disney World has not been an affordable vacation for a long, long time for the majority of people. So, you know, the, the outrage here, I think, is probably a little bit late. Well, we we were out. I was sorry. I was outraged about this five months ago when we really talked about it. But I mean, even when like talking about I'm transformational talking experiences, like pre like pre Genie Plus. Like, if you wanted to be upset about how Disneyland was, like that take kind of needed to come a long time ago. Yeah, and you know, I mean, you talk about like kind of the you know, appreciating sort of like the honest honesty of like a French laundry approach. Like I know this isn't exactly, you know, a perfect comparison, but like I, I've raised this point too, which is that, I mean, listen to any Disney earnings call. Like, I mean, they're talking about, you know, average revenue per guest. Like, I mean, there, mm-hmm. there is no, <laughs> there's no hiding behind the fact that they are looking to squeeze every nickel and dime out of everybody. So it's not... 
you know, there's no, there's, they're not pulling an apple where like everything is hidden behind this. Oh, well, it's, you know, we're doing it for the good of the world or whatever. Like, eh, eh, no, gonna, gonna push back. I, I feel like they think they're creating the most magical experience for their, for their, sorry, their, their customers, their valued guests who are entering a world of magic. Like, I think from the customer facing perspective, they absolutely pretend they're pulling the same shit as Apple. Like, I, I don't know what the equivalent of, uh, is of, the free gift of Apple of an Apple Plus trial subscription or Apple TV Plus trial subscription. I don't know. It, I guess like isn't there like well, yeah? But I guess maybe it's no, I guess free version of Genie. My my point actually maybe I didn't frame this or I didn't describe this good enough. Like my my point was like Apple does that even like on earnings calls, right? Like Tim Cook had like the nonsense thing about not caring about share price or whatever. Like you <laughs> know, yeah, right. Uh, like, can we can we point to the the China story? That, oh, oh. Like like Apple never turns off the you know oh no we're not we're not doing this to make money like we're doing this because we're great like they they i mean they carry that even into like earnings calls whereas like disney i mean you know not publicly or well at least not to the consumer but like on the earnings calls they're like heck yeah like we're gonna keep raising ticket prices and um you know they're they're at least honest about it there all right all right let's move on i didn't think we're gonna spend 45 minutes on disney but alas here (laughs) Here we we are. are All right. Um, which tab is the doc? We didn't even charge okay. people for that either. Uh, you can subscribe at Get TC Plus. I forgot what the show is called. <laughs> um, <laughs> which one is this? Um, it's talk, talk and Upgrade. All right. Mm. Um, <laughs> actually, this is running way longer than I thought it was. So we will. I will give you a, a reprieve, and you can think uh, for next week. Uh, restaurants that should have Marin County locations. Um, what's uh, what's what's field work doing in here? Well, no, yeah, because I went to lunch with somebody on Sunday. Oh, um, how and was it? I didn't go there. I went to Blue oh. Bar. Oh, <laughs> but okay. I saw because I have a, a friend told me that there's one of these in Burlingame, and they've always said it's good, mm-hmm. even though that this place is from Berkeley, and I feel like I would have known that having lived in the East Bay for a while. But anyway, well, this this is a uh, tangled for um for next week. Um, couple of things. Okay, so you posted a thing. Well, people, sorry, main business, IKEA, the Swedish furniture company. They they make electronics sometimes, and we've talked about that a couple of times. They they have trod free, which is Hue esque. I think it operates like interoperably, sort of with like the Zigbee platform or whatever. They've also had collaborations with Sonos for their Symphonisk uh, speakers. And now you posted a thing that they have, which you seemed more excited about this or, or maybe thought this was more interesting than I did. So I'm actually curious about this. So there's a new product called Normak, which is <laughs> good accent, um, which is like because you you. Maybe is this more remarkable than I'm leading on to? Because this just looks like a battery, like a, a portable battery or power bank that also supports wireless charging, of which there are many. Well, so I, I just so the the thing with IKEA is, with all their smart home stuff is, I I find it to be very thoughtful. Meaning, like, mm. so for example, they have the the speakers that they partner with um, with Sonos, and they're they're really they're nice looking speakers like they really put a lot of thought into this is something that's going to be 
in a space where people are going to see it. And so let's not just make it look like a piece of junk, like a lot of the smart home speakers are. Um, and with, with this, this wireless charger thing, which I'm not going to try to pronounce the name of, um, I think it's really neat to think of, um, wireless charging be, you know, like in air quotes, like truly wireless where there, there is no cord involved. And that's just not, you know, that's not something that I don't think many of like there, I mean, there are chi battery packs out there, but nothing like this, which is meant to just, you know, sit on a tabletop or something. Um, so I don't know. I just, I think Ikea should get some credit for not just throwing out a bunch of like junk smart home stuff, but actually like seemingly like really caring about it and being thoughtful about it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, cause I, I'm pretty sure like, so Mophie and Anchor make products that are very similar to this. Cause I, cause I guess like the, the way I under, like, I haven't done a lot of research on this, but this looks like a product where I guess maybe is it supposed to be almost always a QI enabled wireless charging pad. And then if you need it to be mobile, you can just unplug it. That's how well, I understand it. One, so one thing I, I did, I think misinterpret when I first saw this was they, they being Ikea makes, I think some like furniture, like bedside tables and other things yeah. where there's actually like a wireless charging. Um, that you can drop into it. Yeah. Yeah. So it's yeah, flush with the furniture. Yeah. Right. Um, or I think they even have it where, yeah, I guess it's just like flush with the furniture. Um, I, I was, I was thinking maybe you could do something like, that with this where you could you know if you had like a thin enough like tabletop maybe this could go kind of like underneath and kind of adhere to like the bottom of like a bedside table or something and then you know you could then put your phone on top of wherever this was sitting but but i, I think this is just meant to like sit literally on top of a tabletop well because otherwise then what would the battery be for well, just so that you didn't have to like run any cords to it. Well, but then how would you recharge it? Well, you'd have to you'd have to have the adhesive be something where you could take it on and off, and then you'd you know when the battery needed to be recharged, you take it off and plug it in. I mean, it just because like the battery on your iPhone is going to be is like on a Pro Max is like thirty six hundred milliamp hours. The battery on this is sixty five hundred, and when you think about how inefficient wireless charging is, this thing will recharge a Pro Max one and a half times. Yeah, 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 it's not great. I mean, anyway, like I, I just think I think it's interesting that they try this. Uh, the but the one thing that I um thought was interesting is more of like a Northern California angle. Um, is they have a new product called uh Vind? Oh, I I can't even pretend pretend to pronounce this properly. Hold on, <laughs> let me put it in the show notes, and you can go no, take a stab at it. Vindrichtning because there's a, there's a vowel missing. <laughs> So this is an air indoor air quality sensor that is only $12. And I was reading a couple of threads on Reddit that says like the actual, like uh, some people like, and I, this might be uh, funded by the people who make like those uh, $300 air IQ sensors who have a vested interest in thinking about this. But yeah, it's an indoor air quality sensor that has just a, like a nice, pretty, green light yellow light or red light with the traffic symbol style monitoring status of 
just what your indoor AQI is. And it's dirt cheap. Like, that's pretty cool. Hmm. Yeah, so kind of tempted to get one of these and pick up some meatballs. And yeah, it's been a while since I've been to Emeryville. Um, but yeah, and then the other thing, like, I still tempted to try out their, um, um, what, do you remember the name of their motorized smart home window shades is? I I don't, but I, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. I remember those were like super hard to come by for a long time. And if, but that's, that was, they, yeah, they were, but that was they a got, long time ago. So they got like delayed and delayed and then they came out, but like only I think in select locations. And that was years ago now though. They, you must be able to just, well, I don't know, supply chain problems, et cetera. Maybe they're hard to find now, but. Yeah, I, I think you should be able to define those. Yeah, going back to the air quality sensor, uh, apparently it can check the air quality based on uh, particulate matter uh, with a stylish and easy use to sensor, um, and it is perfect combined with your Fort Nuftig air purifier. Sure. Um, yeah. All right. Um, do, 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 oh, actually, that, that was the other bit. Sorry, that was very scattered. Uh, Amazon is also uh, beginning, I think, next week, is releasing their own Alexa... Stop. um, Connected uh, Smart Indoor Air Quality Monitor, which this one's $70, which... I mean, it's like... Because that's the thing of the IKEA one has no smart home connectivity whatsoever. It's basically... It's like it's literally just a... Alexa, stop. Is doing the thing... It's the one in the kitchen. I don't even know why. Uh, but this one is Wi-Fi enabled. We'll link into the Echo ecosystem and uh, into the app as well. I'm tempted about this because I, I've been looking for an indoor air quality monitor, and any of the ones that are any good are two to three hundred dollars. Yeah, I mean the the biggest issue I would have with this thing is that. I only ever use the Echo voice stuff. I never want to interact with anything that Amazon makes that has a UI. Well, but you could you could just ask your Echo for the indoor air quality. Yeah, you could, but I feel like the real value here would come from the kind of visual display that you get within the, you know, Lady in a Can app, which... I don't know. I'm poking around these screenshots. It actually looks okay, but um, well, I mean, every, every screenshots of the Amazon of of the I can't say it because the kitchen's listening uh, of the companion app for the Echo smart home assistants. If you look at it in a static screenshot, it looks fine. It's when you use it that like it doesn't feel like a native app and it's very very bad. Yeah, so that that would be the that would be the part of this that would give me pause. Mm-hmm. I mean, not saying that you know. Like the home app is necessarily fantastic either, but even that I think is nicer than the Lady in a Can app. Yeah. All right. Um, and we don't like to talk about this. There's not anything that useful about it, but apparently the um, in oh, oh sorry one one other one other major issue you're gonna have with this air quality sensor mm-hmm. can you guess what that is i already closed the tab no what's it related to guess guess how it is it's powered 
fucking micro USB probably. <laughs> oh, is it really micro? <laughs> yep. Even the the IKEA one is USB C. <laughs> what the? No yep. way. Wait, 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 let me go back to. Wait, did I put this in the? It, there's a, the there's link? a oh, it's te- the, there's a tech- the show doc. There's a technical details section, you know, about two thirds down the page, and micro USB power port. <laughs> keep scrolling. Keep scrolling. Uh... I don't see it, but I trust you. And it well, and, and also included in box micro USB cable. <laughs> Fuck it. This is this is why they're never gonna. Jason talking about uh, Kobo readers and stuff like that, but my but still, I'm using this Kindle, and it's still every eight days I have to recharge my Kindle with this godforsaken micro USB cable, and it's the only fudging thing in my workflow, other than my. Uh, weirdo ergonomic trackball mouse those are the only two things in my life that still i have not managed to get USB-C versions of and i hate it yeah i feel like the the kindle line is is in the is in the state that it feels like ipads are always in where like there's always this weird disconnect where lower end ipads are you know more updated than like higher end ipads like that's how like the ipad mini is right now or like it's in some ways like better than like a ipad air yeah. Um, I mean, I love like my Kindle Oasis, but why, why, why is the paperwork getting a paper white getting all the features? Yeah, exactly. The paper white's got USB C and is you know really nice, and yeah, the 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 fancy one's gotten none of that, and it, and it will, but you know it that doesn't right now. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, Apple's r- ruling or the ruling against Apple that was going to require them to make some changes to the their App Store policies. Uh, stay has been granted, uh, which basically I, I'm not a legal scholar, but means that the enforcement or the like any impetus for them to actually change is basically just indefinitely delayed, and that could be six months, three years, who knows? Right. Lame. And lastly, do your, uh, what is your streaming music service of choice? Uh, Apple Music. All right. Have they, have they made a Spotify wrapped knockoff? Like, do they have some type of like year end summary? Not that I've noticed. No. Okay. Well, uh, I assume you've seen on Instagram and everywhere else, every, literally every Spotify user is, has shared their, it, it's the world's smartest uh, CLT tool to make sure that they keep their churn low. Uh, sorry to take all the fun out of music, but to make sure that people just see all the value of how many hours and thousands of minutes that they've listened to a service that they feel is is super cheap because Spotify is only $10 a month. You get to feel good about who you listen to the most and you get to share it on social media and show what musical talent and brands you associate with and stuff like that. But yeah, it's a fun experiment, and I'm just always so floored by how successful and viral something that is basically an ad for a service is, and it's 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 shrewd and kind of the best thing in the world. Um, and I fall, I now I have improved year over year. I now fall into the top half of one percent of Taylor Swift listeners. Nice, so, good for you. I think I think that makes us best friends now. So I can just go to where does Taylor Swift live? Probably LA, right? She, there's no way she still leaves. I, lives I, in Tennessee. I assume she has multiple, many <laughs> multiple homes. No, she's got one. She's got one studio apartment in uh, in 
uh, Venice, and that's it. All right. All right. You got anything else, or should we button this up? Um, no. I think I think we covered it. All right. Chef specials. Yeah. Um, I've got I've got one that I'm I'm pretty happy with this week. It, it is it is an Amazon link, which I know sometimes isn't the that's most fun. exciting, but um, so I've I've been in on the hunt for a while now for a good. Hmm. Um, I mean, call it, I don't know, docking station hub, whatever you want to call it. Um, something that can sit on my desk and just, you know, gives me a bunch of, of ports. Cause you know, I, I've got a MacBook pro that's just got all USB-C ports and, um, you know, I have, I have a USB-C Dell monitor that can do, you know, like the power pass through and stuff. So I can, you know, I can live like the one cable lifestyle with it technically, but the limitation still is that, you know, it's only got, you know, a couple of USB ports on the back of it, you know, obviously no, you know, like SD card reader or anything like that. So it's, you know, it's, it's got some connectivity, but if you re- it, you know, if you really want, um, a bunch of different connectivity options like you've really got to go with kind of a, a second USB-C um, dock or hub or whatever plugged into your computer as well, which is, which is what I've been doing for a while now. But I, I really wanted to get to a point where I could just plug the monitor into something and then have that thing then with a single cable plug into my MacBook Pro. Um, and the, the problem with most of these USB-C or Thunderbolt docking stations is that a lot of them have a heavy emphasis on just a ton of video ports. So like a lot of them have like four HDMI ports or like three display ports, um, which, you know, it's it, it like would be totally wasted on me because I just use one monitor. And on top of that, it's a USB-C monitor so like i don't even really need either hdmi or um, display port or anything like that and so i've been kind of casually looking for one that would kind of fit my particular needs and finally found this anchor one which was which was on sale um i guess this was like last weekend or something which is how i came across it and it's it's kind of exactly what I've been looking for, where it only has, I think, what is it on the back? It's only like one HDMI port and then no other like display port or anything. It's got a USB-C or Thunderbolt in, which is great because then I can plug my monitor into that. Also key, and this is a very like John Syracuse like nitpicky thing, is the Thunderbolt port like the Thunderbolt out port, which then plugs into your laptop is on the back. Most of these things have that on the front of the device, which is super annoying because then you have this cable that is, you know, sticking out the front that then runs to your laptop. So for cable so, management, it's no good. Like in, in regular use, you can get by with having no cables coming out the front. Exactly. Cool. Yeah. Exactly. So the front of this thing 
95% of the time has no cables running out from it, which is exactly what I want. It's, it's a nice clean look. It, my monitor sits up on a little stand and this thing just sits, you know, right underneath that. Um, and on the front, it's got exactly the ports that I want. It's got SD. It's got a couple of Thunderbolt ports. It's got a regular USB-A port. It's got a headphone jack, which I'll probably never use. But um, that's the other thing with 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 these docking stations that I've seen in the past too. Is a lot of them have, you know, like one USB-C port or Thunderbolt port on the front, or you know, some other combination of ports, or like more um, video ports on the front, and like something that I just like don't don't really need. So so yeah, this this is like the perfect setup for me where I can have my USB-C monitor plug into the back of this thing. That's one cable, one other cable then also coming out the back of this that plugs into the laptop. And then on the back, you know, I can plug in, you know, USB-A stuff that I just always want to keep plugged in. It's of course got like an ethernet port as well. So I've got ethernet running to that. Um, it's pricey. I mean, even when I got this on sale, it was, I think, two fifty. Um, these and that's these Thunderbolt or USB C docking stations all pretty much are pretty expensive. Um but um but yeah, I mean this this fit my like very, very kind of particular needs. So So I guess my only question is that um I, there's a brand called CalDigit that I've been hearing all like the tech yeah nerds talking about is did you look at that one i and did was, that, was mm-hmm. there was there something that ruined it for that one i i think they were one of the ones where the the connection between the dock and your laptop is like always in the front oh um, okay. yeah I, I looked across their entire product lineup and didn't didn't find the right fit for me hmm. well cool yeah, yeah. Um, and it, I mean, the other thing too, is that, you know, in typical kind of Amazon fashion, there's, there's a million different kind of like weird knockoff brands of these things. <laughs> and I also didn't, I, I didn't really want to go down that route either because, you know, this thing is, you know, providing my laptop power and video and it's, you know, it's what I've got my ethernet plugged into. Like I want this thing to be, you know, solid and reliable, and so it, it's nice that it's Anchor too, which is a brand that I that I really like and have bought a ton of stuff from. So real quick, scroll down. Are you still on the product page? Yeah. Scroll down to the product page where this man in his gaming chair is staring at color grading across two monitors. <laughs> where it says compatibility information and media display. Do you see that one? Yeah. He's using a MacBook Pro, yet he's running Windows 10 on these two Dell monitors. Mm. I feel like this might be a fake photo. It, it, it might be. Uh, all right. I don't really have one this week. The I I, I will give a complicated situation that maybe ends up in a product, a product recommendation. I guess my pick will be the Apple Watch Series Seven for one specific reason: is it might just be that my old one was getting old, but the battery life is very good on it. I remember when it came out originally, everybody was like, and this might be a, just a watchOS thing where. Anytime there's a new one, like until the like X.1 software revision, like the battery life is a little bit rusty or a little weird. But yeah, I've been doing a bunch of, I've gotten back into running since it gets so dark so early that it's impossible to go hiking anymore unless it's a weekend. And yeah, the battery life on the Series 7 is great. 
it has many other issues. Like I, I still just don't really like the, the fact that it got bigger and like the whole edge to edge screen still, I, even though you would never want to complain about a screen getting, having smaller bezels. I don't know why, like everything just looks too big. I wish there was a 43, a 43 millimeter version, but there isn't, but yeah, it's good. And the, somehow the power beats headphones are getting even worse where (laughs) uh, 75% of the time one side will not work. And then I have to go back to the car or have to go back to the apartment and put them in the fucking clamshell case to get them to work again. So it's, it's, I don't know how it's getting worse. So I have a potential tip for you. Sure. This is so. This is what helped me when I was having a ton of issues with mine a couple years ago, and I maybe I even mentioned this on the show. Take um, what what is it that's what's safe to use on electronics? It's like it's like it's it's like vinegar or something. But it's not even that one's not charging. Like it's, it's like, yeah, cause we did cover that where like, you kind of like it sometimes like the, the, the con- gold contacts yeah. to, for the, like the induct or whatever, the, 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 whatever charging technology it is. It's not that the battery is dead on one of them. It's never that because if I go back to the car and I pop both of them in the clamshell, close it for like two seconds and then put them back in my ears, it's always fine. It's never that the battery is dead. It's just that they don't want to talk to each other. But that there's no recourse for fixing that unless you involve the charging case. And yet the charging case is too big where I don't want to have it in my pocket just sloshing around while I'm out trying to to run. Yeah, you know, the 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 habit that I got into back back in the day where like I was like the context for me was I'd be going to a gym to run on a treadmill and I'd I'd want to have it set up where I could just leave my phone, you know, locked up with like my backpack and then just, you know, have my Apple watch and, and power beats pro or whatever they're called with me on the, on the treadmill, Mm -hmm. I would get into the habit of ensuring that it was all set up before I would leave my phone behind, which was really annoying. And that's what I'm having to do, but it's, it's still silly. Like I, yeah. Because then the power beats are connected to your phone and you have to trust that they're going to connect to your watch. And then it's just, well, that's, that's, yeah. I mean, that's the moment that, that I have where with like the new AirPods where I'll, I'll do this sometimes where if I go for a walk and I just bring my watch and not my phone, I notice what it does is that I get it all set up and working in the house, just like I was describing. And then I, you know, leave the house and it's, it's working. And you'll hear the noise that says the, like that they got disconnected from your phone. Well, it's, it's not even like a pretty noise. Like for me, it's usually like they just basically cut out for a second. And I know it's because it happens in the same place every time. I know it's like where it loses range from my phone. But then it's just kind of like there's just mo- like the second and a half of like, well, gee, I hope it starts working again. Because, yeah, if it doesn't, then I'm, I'm kind of screwed. Wait, wait so and, you're, you're starting the media playback on your phone before you leave the house? No, no, no. I'm starting the media playback on my watch. And ensuring that the media is playing from my watch, but I think the way that the AirPods work is that even though it's it's picking up media from your watch, if your phone's still in range, I think it's still connected to that in some uh-huh. way. But then, and so for me, it's like when I get out of range of my phone, it, it gets kind of mad about that for a second, but then it you know it figures it out. But there's there's this moment where it's not clear if it's going to or not. Um. 
So sounds great. It just yeah, works. It just works. Um, Genius. I want to actually go back to your original pick here. Sure. So like, because my experience with battery life on the Series Seven has actually been, I would say, kind of underwhelming. So wait, are you wearing your watch right now? No, it's it's no, <laughs> I'm not. So mine, if I swipe up, I haven't had, I haven't done a workout today, but I haven't done anything active. Um, uh, I am at 51% battery and it's 10 30 PM. And like, I've been like, I don't know, like last night I went for a five and a half mile run and I, it was streaming Spotify and using Bluetooth. And this was at, I started running at nine o'clock at night and I started with 55% battery and was left with 30 and, oh, this feels pretty good. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I'm I'm usually, well, so, I mean, my thing is I charge mine at night, right? Oh, you're, you're do, well, so I guess like, so yeah, you're doing the sleep tracking thing, but I guess like when you go shower and you take it off the charger, once you've gave it like that morning recharge, are you at 80%? Like what, what is it? Yeah. Well, so I'm not doing any charging in the morning. So it's, it's, I charge at night, do the sleep thing and then use it, you know, for the day. So, so I guess when you're starting your day, what battery level is it usually at? It's usually at like eighty something percent. Like yeah, 80. I mean, it still should be fine. No, I mean, yeah, it it lasts me the day, like no problem. But like when I get to the end of the day, especially if there's like a workout involved, it's the it's the battery's usually getting pretty low. So it's it's fine, but um, if yeah. Aldous is pushing you hard. What's that? If Mister Aldous is pushing you hard, mm, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, well, Apple Watch is pretty all right. Powerbeats suck so badly. Because that, but I don't, eat, I don't know if there's a solution. What am I, am I going to go buy? Like, does, like, Bose, that I assume their headphones still stink? I don't know. Like, I mean, I love their headphones, but I don't think their sport headphones are any good. I don't know. There's no options. 